Greetings and welcome to Community Spotlight, where we share news that you can use. Sometimes it's for entertainment, motivation, inspiration, or education. We are a weekly program that airs here right at WKDU, 91.7 FM in Philadelphia. Or you can stream us all over the world at www.wkdu.org slash listen now. I am Sherry Pennington. I'm the host and creator of Community Spotlight. And we do thank you for joining us today where we promise to give you some news that you can use. And I'm gonna welcome our special guest to Community Spotlight is Dr. Deborah Roebuck, DMP, also known as the Menopause Whisperer. She is the founder and CEO of Going Through the Change, which is a global health and wellness company that focuses on teaching and coaching women how to achieve the art of managing menopause and doing it with confidence and ease, grace and style so that they can move forward in achieving their life's passion and purpose. Dr. Roebuck is an international speaker and a workshop facilitator who believes in the saying, you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that life doesn't end at the age of 40 years old. Deborah's keeping it real transformational speaking style is based on her 40 plus years as a public health nurse. Regardless of the demographic or socioeconomic level of her patients, she says that all women go through some degree of menopausal change and whisper that same question, what is wrong with me? Dr. Roebuck earned her doctorate from Drexel University her Master's of Science from the University of Utah, and her Bachelor of Science from Villanova University. She is a widow, a breast cancer survivor, and a caregiver who is very active as an international mission leader. And we are so excited and thrilled to have you with us today. Dr. Roebuck, we say welcome to Community Spotlight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sherry. Yes, indeed. So we're going to kind of get right and two, uh, the menopause whisperer and her journey. So tell us what did inspire you to become the menopause whisperer? And was, <laughs> was there a pivotal moment in your journey that led you to specialize in this? Well, let me just say this. First of all, I have been working in women's health um, ever since I finished nursing school, all the way back in 1976 working in labor and delivery, advocating for women's care, be it case management, home visiting. But I got to the point, I was ready to retire. Okay. okay. And at that same time, my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And, and I have sorrowfully say that my husband passed away. And right when he passed away, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And it felt different being on the other side of the healthcare system. Whereas people look more to me as saying, well, you're older, oh, maybe this is just this or just that. I'm trying to express all the signs and symptoms and things that I was experiencing. And my sister said to me, you know what, Deborah, you've always advocated for women's health. She said, but now you're dealing more with women who are menopausal. Mm. And she said, I tell you what, I'm, I want to name you the menopause whisperer because you're talking to these women 
and you're trying to help them make that transition. And I said, okay, <laughs> I said, I'll take it. And I went and had the title trademark. And I've been doing this now for the last, it'll be five years. So I started at almost 65 and I'm, I'm keep going because menopause is not a one and done thing. Let's talk about that because there's so much to menopause, the age we start, when we may or may not end. So first of all, let's be clear and define for us, please. What is menopause and why is it um, a significant phase in a woman's life, for example? Okay, I'm going to break down the word menopause. M-E, me, and then no, and then pause. <laughs> it really means me no have no period. <laughs> that, that's it. Okay. okay. But that was a term that was just put in place. It's not that old. We don't say 1900s or what have you. And a gentleman put that together. Mm -hmm. And they just more or less look at the clinical aspect of it. But they used to say back in the day, oh, women have hysteria and all of these things. Well, you know what? The thing is, we're living longer. So the issue of menopause is becoming even more prevalent. Now think about this. When we were in high school, or I'll say when I was in high school, junior high school, they talked about having your period. Now young, young women, young girls are having their period at eight, nine, and 10 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. They talk about the changes that their body's going through. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you have a menstrual cycle, but along with it, they say, oh, wow, she's so moody. All of a sudden, she's irritable. This is going on. This is going on. There was an in-depth conversation about that. Then you went to childbearing years. Okay, truly, you talked about that. There were classes about that. You had your OB doctor, but... When that reproductive system, rather than growing all those mature eggs and those mature eggs and releasing all this hormone starts to decrease or fluctuate, the conversation is just that, girl, you're going to have hot flashes and you're going to be done. Mm -hmm. But now we are living longer. And I will say to women, okay, you probably, you know, thought about back in the days with granny from the Beverly Hillbillies and uh, and and uh, Aunt B from the, the um, Mayberry, okay. you know, mm -hmm. those shows. And I said, how old did you think those women were? And they said, well, they look like they're 70 years old. I said they were in their 50s. Mm -hmm. The time in which a woman usually common time, average time, um, um, stop having her period is 50. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the mortality, morbidity rates, we women, I heard this today on the radio, 77 and 80, that's the average age, you know, but generally now 80s, 90s, and I talked to somebody the other day, people even live into their hundreds. So you have a period of time where people said you had a hot flash and that was it. I'm talking with women in their 60s, 70s, and even did a, um, a conference a couple of weeks ago, late 70s, 80s. They're talking about, you know, I got these night flashes and hot flashes and this is happening and I thought I was done and what's going on? Or I'm talking to women who are in their late 40s and early 50s 
still worried about getting pregnant and can get pregnant hmm. because they still got their periods. Or they'll say, well, you know, I talked to the doctor about should I get off my birth control pill or hormone therapy or all of this type of thing? What should I do? The issue has become broader. I talked to a GYN doctor the other night too, and she says, you know, they're really monopolizing now on menopause because if you look at Forbes, Forbes has said now of the working population, 26% of the working population, we're talking about everybody, mm -hmm. are in some phase of menopause. Mm. You've got a large group of people who are the workforce, and I'll turn it around. Think about doing the time when we had the pandemic. Who was the group of individuals who was keeping everything together? Who was the person that was sandwiched in between? And I took care of a lot of women in the pandemic who were telling me, I have these menopausal symptoms, but at the same time, I'm taking care of my children's mm -hmm. children because they can't go to school. So I'm the one home. I got to learn the computer and everything. But at the same time, I got a mother who's 70, 80 years old, and I'm taking care of them. Hmm. This is a population of individuals who I will say that is keeping our society together because we're the ones everybody come to. But the issue is, do we take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting, all that. So one more time, and I appreciate all that information, and it is a lot to think about. Uh, the extension of the range, the age range that encompasses, I guess, menopause or end of period is how you defined menopause pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that there are several different phases to menopause yes. as well. Do you want to elaborate on those things? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, this is me, Deborah, the menopause whisperer. Mm -hmm. I like to talk about pre- menopause, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Let me just say, why premenopause? Because that's the period of time before the ovaries say, oh, you know, I'm decreasing my hormone, I'm decreasing the eggs. But you know what I see, especially among African-American women, is fibroids, yep. PMS, Mm -hmm. All of those issues. So think about this. You usually have your period a week or so before you have the fluctuation of these hormones. And people say, you know what? All of a sudden, I do feel kind of hot. I get a little flash here and there. Oh, oh my goodness, I'm, my brain is foggy. Or I'm irritable and everybody getting on my nerves. <laughs> but then once the cycle starts over again, the growing of the eggs and the uterine wall, all of those things, it stops. But nobody's talking about this. This is the preliminary. That that time you have that PMS symptoms, it's a lot of times it's going to be what you're going to be experiencing throughout menopause, and you're not going to stop. Mm. So I would like women to start to get to know their bodies at that age. You know, real usually when you talk about PMS, the women are talking about, oh, maybe in their 20s, late 20s, 30s, early 40s, and what have you. But they hadn't thought about, oh, what's really going on? How do I solve these issues? And especially with fibroids, I'm talking to so many young women having issues with fibroids. 
So that's the reason why I say premenopause. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because there's a shift going on right along that period. Then you got perimenopause. The very first thing I said to women, tell me about your period history. Now, they knew back in the day about their period history. Uh, I started my period at 11. I had this and this and this and this and this. I said, well, tell me about what you are doing now. Well, you know, I used to be able to really identify my period, but now I don't know when it's going to start, how long it's going to be, how much or what have you. And what I do a lot of times, I do this exercise with women and they say, oh, you know, aren't you the menopause? Why are you asking me about my period? But once I have them share about their period history, they start to know the connections. They start to be able to identify things. They start to say, wait a minute. Oh, it seems like I'm going back or this is happening again. Because if you don't know your history, how do you know what's going forward? And how do you plan and strategize for what's going forward? Hmm. During that perimenopausal, I tell people, you talk about hot flashes. There's at least in the 30s up to 38 signs and symptoms of menopause. Now, mm -hmm. I have spoken and, yeah. I went and, and I work with women and they said, well, nobody ever said that to me. I had one woman who was a researcher at a very famous university and I did a boot camp on our lunch break. She called up about six or seven different doctors because when I had them identify these signs and symptoms, most women of the 30 something signs and symptoms, mm -hmm. they range between seven to 13. She had eight of them and never connected any of them together. And so at this time, you need to think of health and wellness. What am I going to do? How I'm going to take better care of myself? Now, here we go from perimenopause to menopause. And this is very critical. I was a L&D nurse, labor delivery nurse at Temple. I had this woman come upstairs and she was fussing and fussing and fussing. She said, I went to the emergency room. I've been having a lot of pain and it's GI pain and I don't know what's wrong. Why did they send me up here to labor and delivery room? I don't understand it. So then she says to me, ma'am, nurse, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. I, I think I'm going to have a bowel movement. And I said, well, I'm going with you. She said, I don't want you to go with me. I said, but I'm going with you. Well, she pushed out a seven pound baby. Okay. Oh she did not realize, she figured, because she had a 20 year old at home. Mm -hmm. She did not realize unless you stop your period, really, really, right. for a solid year, not, oh, I stop for two months and then I start again, or I stop for this minute. No, just give it the full year. Then you can say, okay, if I want a baby, I can't have a baby any longer. But other than that, you don't know. You don't know. And so I tell people, take precaution. Now, the poor husband came up there. He had a gray hair. Oh, the, the whole thing. He was going crazy. And I said, what are you going to name this baby? He said, I'm going to name it Gas. Because that's all he complained about all this time. Okay. And so I tell women, this is also a period of time that you need to be more cognizant of who you are. After the 365 days, you are post-menopausal. Mm -hmm. Now people say, well, okay, I'm done, I'm done. No, you're not done because you have to think that hormones, those series of hormones 
How do they impact not just my reproductive system, my uterus, the ovaries and all this, but that hormone impacts all of your body. So for example, they'll say to a woman, do you realize with the decrease of estrogen, you're more likely to have bone fractures, osteoporosis? Did you realize with the decrease of hormone, you see more issues with cardiovascular issues, be it um, hypertension or you know uh, um, diabetes, cardiovascular in incidents? I say to women, with the decreased hormones, do you cough and now all of a sudden you have little accidents? Mm -hmm. That estrogen that was keeping your vagina elastic and healthy and moist and everything, well, you also have the, your urinary tract system right there nearby. And those same things that was going on with your vagina with not having that estrogen, progesterone, what have you, is happening there also. And a lot of times they feel embarrassed. They won't talk to their doctors. And I said, tell your doctor there is medication for it. But I tell them, did you think about going to your physical therapist? There's a physical therapist. There's expertise in pelvic health. And, and you can work on that area. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different things going on. And I want women to understand you are not one and done. Okay. okay, I don't have a period, so I'm done. No, you got other issues to deal with. And the thing is, you have to make up in your mind. If I'm going to, right now for myself, I'll, I'll be 69 in another month. And and I and my niece, who's in her 40, said, Auntie, I want you to start thinking of yourself 20 years from now. So 20 years from now, really, actually, instead of being 69, be 89. How do you want to be at 89? Do I want to be up in a nursing home? Somebody got to put pampers on me. <laughs> do I have to be in a wheelchair? What are you going to do? This was her question to me and to her and to her mother. What are you going to do now to help yourself be at the ultimate level of health that you could be? Because I want you to know, this is my niece. Mm -hmm. I'm the one going to wind up having taken care of you. And I thought to myself, now I don't want her up in my face at 89, be it God's grace. I live to live that long telling me, well, if you did this and this and this, I wouldn't have to do this and this and that. Right. And, and, and even the other day, me and her realized, you know, we're getting a new heater and the guy said it's going to last for 30 years. And she says, 30 years? I'll be 70 years old, 30 years. I said, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what are we going to do today yes. to make sure that Peter is going to be functioning 30 years from now? I say to the audience, what are you going to do today that's going to make that 30 years from now because of being postmenopausal healthy as you could be? Even And let me tell you, even as simple as dental, they have now correlate your dental health with your cardiovascular health. And also with other aspects of your body. And they even say women who are menopausal, you better make sure you're going to the dentist. Okay. Because there's a shift even there. Wow. Interesting. I, I was going to say, um, it seems to be everything, our whole life period is all dependent upon mostly our diet and our lifestyle. Um, True. It affects every aspect of us, especially getting older. Mm -hmm. What's well, so they say that we really need to start 
um, doing some sort of physical exercise, whether it's walking or what have you. So I guess that's an important message that I hear, no matter what the discussion is. So everybody, we got to get it together here. Got to get it together. And let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. If the question is, and keep this in mind, what is available in my health plan around wellness and health that I can take advantage of? Okay. It's not like you can't do better. Is 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 it? The question is, I won't do better. Right. Okay. There you go. I have a probing question. Are there? Have you ever known of women to not ever end the hot flashes? Is that possibility that they still have hot flashes? Yes, continually, yes. like they never end. Yeah, I've I've talked to women. They said that's what I'm saying. I've just had a conference lady in her late 70s. She said, I'm still having these flashes. Now, let me just say this to you. There's a difference between night flashes, hot flashes, and night sweats. No, but, well, all of the above. Yeah. I, but how do you end it? <laughs> and the question is, what is the reason? Right. Now, when you have hot flashes, you know, you know, you associate it with menopause, the changes of um, the estrogen. But night sweats could be a various different things. It's not just related to that hormone. Mm -hmm. There could be any other things going on. And I will say to people, if you're having night sweats, you need to go to your primary doctor to find out why. Oh, okay. And if, if they're if they're the daytime hot flashes, it's do you reckon first of all, I guess I have so many questions because I can relate personally. Um, one of the things being hormone replacement theory. A lot of people are the primary recommended hormone replacement um, therapy, but then you can't get that after a certain age, they say. And, um, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on um, hormone well, replacement Well, the very, very first thing is, that's why I'm saying people need to understand what's going on with their body early. Right. Okay. Now, Back in the day, let's say back in the 80s or whatever, they had all this research going on and what have you, and they really did not encourage hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. but what they had back then versus what's going on now, I'm hearing more and more, be it in the <clears throat> National uh, North American uh, Menopause Society, they're you know talking about hormone replacements, various physicians. But the thing is, you have... The pills, it could be strictly um, estrogen, combination estrogen, progesterone. It could be patches. It could be bioidentical. It could be um, inserts. It could be a lot of different, there's different options. Okay. And then they'll say the different applications could influence how your body takes the estrogen in. Now, they, they're concerned about estrogen and the relationship, let's take, for example, breast cancer. Okay. Okay. I'm a breast cancer survivor, and I know that my cancer grows on estrogen, okay? So I know I can't take it. Gotcha. Or, or if I did, it would be my choice with the thought that I might put myself more at risk to have a reoccurrence yes. of breast cancer. That's why it's important to really sit down and talk to your doctor. Now, say, for example, if you're like 55 and 60 years old, and you're having different signs and symptoms, you talk to your doctor and say, well, listen, 
Okay, you've told me, for example, they must say, okay, you're a certain age. We really don't recommend, recommend this, but you might be more at risk. Then what are my other opportunities to get some of these signs and symptoms dealt with? Be it non-hormonal medication, be it, um, you know, people are really into, um, what they call it, um, <laughs> I know it just as well as I know, but like the herbs and yeah. those, those types of things or complementary health treatment modality. Okay. Uh, what are my options? And then from there, you start implementing your strategy and your plan. Gotcha. Okay. So we were getting down to the wire here. Okay. I just want to ask you, so I know you, you say that you speak internationally. Uh, I'm just curious, um, how do the experiences of menopause differ across various cultures in um, what can we learn from these uh, diverse perspectives if that has in fact been your experience? Well, let me just say um, recently, I'll say several months ago, I had a chance to speak in Panama. Okay. I'm very well aware of what are cultural norms or things that people will deal with. And then also what healthcare facilities are available. Mm -hmm. So when I spoke to a group of women, um, I broke them up into who was pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopause, and post-menopause. The thing that was interesting is they never be talking to each other. So, you know, even now, a lot of times for our culture, do moms talk to, does, does aunties talk to, do the young women talk to? I'm really into intergenerational conversations. I see. So, and so in doing that, and I would say to them, okay, okay, you, you premenopausal women, uh, just something as simple as, okay, you're dealing with a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I said, now you postmenopausal women, don't you have something to share with her? And does she have something to share with you? Because sharing of stories, in the midst of sharing that story, you can communicate what is going on, solutions, strategies, support. Main thing is support. Do you have a supportive environment? Now, in other cultures, women are very, usually very, very supportive of one another. Like, say, for example, if I'm in Guatemala or if I do work in Kenya, they, they, they cook together. They'll be doing everything together, working yes. together. Okay, but they might not have the healthcare opportunity. So what do they do? What do they use? How do they support each other? How I'm going to get through this? How I'm going to help you with your child? You know, while you don't feel good or your children or, or talking to your, your nieces or nephews, whatever. So culturally, it's all about people's lifestyles and their values and their beliefs mm -hmm. and how they're going to help this woman through. But I'm going to tell you, the issue is prominent. You're going to be hearing more and more and more about menopause and how do we support women, be it on the job, be it in the community. This is something that's not a disease. It's just a transition, a progression in that woman's life. Very good. So I would like you all to know that we are speaking with Dr. Deborah Roebuck, and she is the menopause whisperer. 
And Dr. Tell our audience, how can they find out more about you, what you do, and maybe get some questions answered? Okay. Um, first of all, I have a website. It's goingthroughthechange.com. <laughs> and we're going to make sure we spell through. Yes. C-H-R-U. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then I'm on um, Facebook. If you go on Facebook and say the menopause whisper, I should come up. I have Facebook groups. Um, also, you can email me, you know, um, Deborah D. Roebuck at goingthroughthechange.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. And I'm also on YouTube. I have videos. I think to say I have at least 30 videos wow. that talk about different aspects of menopause. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm doing workshops also. She's whispering all around the world, y'all, and all across social media, internet. So look her up. That's Dr. Deborah D. Roebuck, and that's R-O-E-B-U-C-K, last name spelled. Okay. Yeah, so it has been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the show. Lots more information to be shared and a lot more, a lot more questions to be asked and answered. But you all can all start at that website where she just gave out the information. So I'd like to thank you. I'd like to also thank my listening audience for listening to Community Spotlight, where we share news that we know that you can use. And if you have information that you think we can use, by all means, let us know. Go to wkdu.org, attention, Community Spotlight. And until we meet again, I want you to go in peace, stay in peace, and by all means, Put the guns down.